Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Connecting the Dots with a Kilt and a Sword. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Monday, November 21st in the year 2022. And I couldn't think of a better way to kick off this week then with our infamous, you know, the only man that wears a, not a skirt, but a kilt. That's the kilted Christian. He's going to join me here in a few minutes, and we're going to dig into all sorts of fun stuff tonight. We're going to look at Q stuff, and we're going to look at the current events, and we're going to put it together. And I love talking this stuff through with Duncan because always, he and I talk, I don't think you know this, but he and I talk almost every night, and we always share in, share research. So he's just a great mind, a great man, and he isn't weird because he wears a kilt, not a skirt. Be clear about that. I'm being really clear about it. It's a kilt, and he's Scott, and he likes it. All right, Patriots, before we begin, I want you to make sure in this time that you are all set with your home defense plan, and there's no better way to do that than with iTarget Pro. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. All right, so that's itargetpro. You know what to do. Head on over there. Get yourself a laser bullet. And by the way, I hear that if you use laser bullets, they're kind of like dazzlers. They probably do good things for like lizard heads. Not sure about that, but that's just a rumor. And reminder to everybody, if suddenly you're walking down the street and your neighbor starts eating the cat and your other neighbor starts looking like a lizard because his mask comes off, it's open season on lizards. No license needed. And for the neighbor, yeah, that would mean the zombie apocalypse started, which would be kind of a bad thing. I wouldn't recommend it. Definitely get inside and lock the door. So, Patriots, there's a lot that's been going on. This is Thanksgiving week. Just to give you a quick update, there will be shows all week long. Uh, Thanksgiving show is going to be with Pastor Brand Cummings. We've got tomorrow night, we've got a special on the Kennedy assassination, leading us from Kennedy to uh, John F. Kennedy to Watergate. On Wednesday night, we've got Resistance Chicks. Then we have Pastor Brad Cummings, and then we'll see what else we have for the rest of the week. And you get a little bit of me sprinkled in there as well. So, And then, of course, we want to make sure and have an extra special day on 
Plague Friday, I mean Black Friday, that will be the day that you're going to go out and try to get your free TV at Walmart as long as you can survive the 50-person mob. Well, I guess they're giving away 50 if you can survive the mob. That's something like that. They always do some gimmick like that so they can install violence in us all. It's wonderful. Why, why do we live? We live for free TVs. That's why. All right, Patriots. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on our one, our only, the kilted man, the Scott, the kilted Christian, Duncan. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Long time viewer, fifth time caller. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's been around a while. You, you, you've been again around the horn. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's always a pleasure. I think that uh, I, everyone wants to know, they always want to know, are you wearing your kilt? I am wearing my kilt. I'm wearing my heavier kilt today because it's actually cold here in Texas. Good. I didn't know they made a different, I didn't know they made a different thickness of kilts. Oh, they've got spring weight, summer weight, and winter weight. And so you've gone into the winter weight fashion now? Is that it? I am in the heavy, the heavy wool winter weight, yes. <laughs> Duncan, that... As a guy, that brings up all sorts of problems, but I'm just going to let it be. All right, now listen. Are you also wearing your tartan colors? Yeah, I actually am. I'm wearing the McGregor tartan today. Very good. That's very awesome. All right, so Duncan, you and I have been chatting, and I want to start digging into some of this crazy, crazy world we're in. I'm going to look right now, start with a headline, and we'll kind of go from here. This is from Jim Rickard, so I consider to be probably one of the top analysts of the economy out there. I followed him for years and Jim Rickards predicted a crash and a, a strategic attack on the United States in its, crypt, in its uh, fiat nonsense with gold. He did that way back. His headline is, you can't put it back together. And that's not un- unexpected. He adds that he warns of an unstoppable crisis worse than 2008 that's about to hit us and collapse us to the ground. I think that's literally where we're going. And I think that Part of what President Trump spoke of in his speech, besides being one of the most boring speeches I've ever listened to, but we'll get into that from a different angle. I do think he was pretty clear that things are going to get much worse. What are your thoughts? No, I completely 100% agree. And I also feel that, I mean, I hate to say it, but it has to be this way. Um, People need to wake up and sadly we're in a world, everybody's caught into the material aspect. So hit them in the wallet. They're going to wake up. Well, I, I know this is something, I, and I want to say this too, because you and I talk a lot about this, is the idea that it's easy to speak in platitudes to go like, oh, people have to suffer in war. Oh, this is a, and the, we get this nonsense all the time from the Q movement. And it drives me crazy because it's very disingenuous. And it's obviously, it's either one, they're afraid to admit that they're afraid. So they like to project outwards, which is common. Or two, they really have no clue this kind of suffering that we are potentially facing. And with that, I, I don't, I just want to be clear that when we, when you say it, when I say it, cause I know you well enough, these aren't things that we say lightly. It, unfortunately yeah. where we are, people are still very locked into a, a, uh, a Babylonian type matrix and are unable to disconnect and realize how deeply rooted they are. And it's going to take a lot to break them. And ultimately one of those things that does wake everybody up is finances. Well, yeah, uh, finances is like I said, everyone is just caught up into the wrong aspects of life. And we were warned. I mean, it's, it's multiple times in the Bible. You know, if you're a friend of the earth and you're an enemy of mine and people need to learn, they need to have a reason to refocus their priorities. And, you know, Jesus needs to be number one. I said it earlier. 
Texas rule. Jesus Christ is our Savior. And if you have any other questions, resort back to rule one. <laughs> That's pretty easy. All right, so let's start talking about the unraveling of things. I want to start with this because this is a real eye-opener that broke on November 19th. So I guess that's what, two days ago. Um, the FDA is telling people not, the FDA says telling people not to take ivermectin for COVID-19 was just a recommendation. The, the ramifications of that statement are colossal. It is essentially through every hospital and every doctor under the bus and has opened them up to liability lawsuits for doctors that refuse to do allow ivermectin hospitals the same and pharmacists the same, even corporations that have mandated no ivermectin or not allowed it. This thing is huge. And to me, that this backpedaling that's going on right here is a backpedaling intended to cover their backside because they know something big is coming. I agree with you 100% because more and more people are starting to wake up to this. Um, I was talking to my buddy Jeff earlier, and this is an important thing that we need to recognize, is how many famous people, just not to mention the rest of you, how many famous people do you see die of unknown causes daily? And if there's that many famous people that are dying of this, imagine all the people that we're not hearing about. And there's no one more discriminated on this earth right now than the people that have taken these vaccinations. And, uh, that, are, that aren't being hurt. Nobody wants to listen to them. And then it turns out that, you know, we were right all along about the ivermectin hydroxychloroquine is this could have kept this from having any of this stuff. So you're right they're They're, they're in a quandary right now. They're having to back this out because too many people are awake. Did you hear that the guy that played Thor and I can't think of his name right now, but he now at 39 years old, he took all of his injections. He works for Disney or worked for Disney under those contracts. He now has Alzheimer's. Did you hear that? Yes. Um, Hemsworth. I think his last name is Hemsworth. And uh, yeah, so basically one of the rules of the Disney Corporation is that if you're involved in Disney whatsoever, whether you're an actor, whether you're working on set or just someone at Disney World, they're all required to get these vaccinations. And now this guy is like in his 40s, I believe, with Alzheimer's. And for those of you who don't know, my uncle um, ended up getting the vaccination had Alzheimer's within a month of that vaccination and then died of, of Alzheimer's three months later. The fact that it moved that quick is unbelievable. And now we've got people in their forties getting something that most people don't get until their late sixties. If that, if even that early, because a lot of times it hits yeah. even later. So absolutely right. This is, it's unprecedented. This obviously does ring of, there is some cue stuff here that we have to address. And I, I mean, I, I think it's been clear on this channel. I've always talked about Q as the movement. It's really the, it's the spark that lights the forest fire. What drives me crazy is the worship of the, of the book of Q, which is what the Q nuts have become, and they become blinded. Your thoughts? No, I agree with you 100%, and, and we, we're on the same page about that. Neither one of us has you know, pushed Q to the wayside because there's, there is some significance in what the Q drop brought. But there is a point where it became a cult, which is the exact same thing that we were being called. And a lot of these people that just refuse to do their part, you know, they're sitting back and they're waiting for these saviors to come along. And there's only one savior, you know, and God, our savior, wants us to be very active in this war. Also, the Bible. How many times do you see people just sitting back and taking it? There's always been some movement, whether it be Esther Joseph, on and on to the Bible, there's always been some action that was taken by the citizens. 
Absolutely. The latest Q drop is interesting, though, because it brings up a couple of very interesting things. You did some great research on this. And it's, I'm going to read it, but I want to zero in on a couple of pieces in this. And the, the latest Q drop was 4963 on November 18th. And it read Runbeck, Dominion, SOS officers, or offices, excuse me, investigators, researchers, whistleblowers, patriots in trusted positions, trust yourself. You have seen the truth. Time to show the world. Focus. Then focus in caps and ascension. Q. There's a lot of, this could read very quickly as kind of a uh, new age-esque type post, especially with the word ascension at the end. Runback happens to be a voter voter system and voter certification system that's based in Arizona. And then, of course, followed by Dominion, which we know what Dominion is. It's the one step from hell when it comes to voting machines. Talk a little bit about what you've pulled out of this post, because you did some really good work, especially on those last two words, focus and ascension. Okay, so you covered the run back and the dominion, which are pretty big things. They're both related to the election. Now, the, the third part in there was SOS offices, which would be Secretary of State. Secretary of State's the ones that are in control of any election. So it's going to really fall back on them. The big one was in Arizona, which brings you back to dominion and run back, where Hobbs is the Secretary of State running the election that she was in for governor, which is completely unfair to begin with. So there's, they were being watched, and we know that. There were actually um, people on our side that were there physically watching what was unfolding. Um, right now, Arizona is, uh, there's, I think, five counties that are refusing to certify this election with more joining on. They've got a lot of, like, firsthand on-the-ground information, which is pretty big. But we know how this stuff goes, so I don't pay much mind to it. But this is where it gets interesting. You go down a little further, it says time to show the world, focus, you know, and, and lowercase, and then focus, all in caps, which would be an anagram. So what, and then ascension, being the last one. So this is where it gets interesting. So ascension references a very strategic place in this info war. Ascension Island is what it's called. So the ascension is one of four land towers that assist in an operation of all GPS data worldwide, which is, why is this significant? That brings us to FOCUS, all in caps. So FOCUS stands for Free Space Optical Near Optical Communication System. It's used by spacecraft, satellites, military, NASA, for secure communications through the air with um, sensitive information like GPS data, um, on and on and on. So of this time, the time to show the world, do we have a GPS and other data that has been obtained by Space Force providing um, voter interference truth that we have all seen down here on the Earth? So why is this interesting? There was a new um, spacecraft that was uh, very secret that was launched for its first mission um, just over uh, 920. 12 days ago, or a little bit longer, over about um, maybe 912 days ago. It was launched before the election took place. So what is the U.S. military secret space plane doing? What election? What election? This election that just passed. So it was long, right, but 900 some odd days goes back to what, 2016 or 2020? um, Goes back to 2020. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's been doing this for a while. So the question is, what have they been watching? And the thing that stood out to me the most 
was it this plane or this this spacecraft? It's called the uh, uncrewed X-37B space plane. And it touched down back on this Earth exactly four days after the election. And this is a very sophisticated aircraft because it has the ability to stop, turn, move, and hide on a dime. So it's hard for anything down on this earth to track. So um, the Chinese and everybody hates this thing because, like I said, it, the moment they track it, this thing has the ability to, to, in a way, cloak, move to another area completely unseen. And it also has the ability um, on Earth-based targets as well to a launch tax from orbit. And it's, uh, it was in cooperation with uh, NASA Space Force. Um, we're in collaboration with this project. So the thing is, is we're wondering if this uh, focus, um, this focus uh, data collection was actually on this uh, this unmanned vehicle that's been floating around in space for the last 900 days. Well, the one thing that we I have been able to pull out about that aircraft, which is pretty important to appreciate, is that it is a very unique aircraft. It looks like a space shuttle that was put into a dryer on high cycle without woolite. And it really just and shrank it way down, so it's it's almost like a mini little, almost like a hobby uh, space space shuttle is what it looks like. But yeah. what's interesting about it is it's one is its mobility, two is its autonomous nature. It does have an artificial intelligence, apparently guiding guidance system that can be given simple commands and then it can maneuver. But it appears that it has the ability to move up, around, and even position itself next to satellites and completely hack their systems. So this is an yeah. this is an important point. Plus, it seems to have the ability to intercept satellite communications from ground-based systems. So this is not exactly. in, this is not insignificant because this thing has been in the news all over for the last five years. Of the Air Force hiding it, and the fact that it arrived down on on it landed four days after the election finished is not something to just d- discount. We are in a form of a military operation right now. Now, I'm just going to say this because we've been told this over and over. And the problem is this is where the Q group has screwed things up badly because they keep trying to anticipate when the next, like the big moment's going to be 10 days of darkness. You want to talk about 10 days of darkness, tune into Iran right now and watch all the slaughter that's going on over there. But I don't know who's getting shot. We just know that the military is cleaning up. So my point of this is that we are in a, we are in a global military operation which is very evident if you're paying attention to economics, you're paying attention to the alliance of states, you're paying attention to movement of forces around the globe. But at the same time, with this, this anticipation of the great moment when suddenly there's going to be tanks rolling down the road and military jumping out of the sky and Space Force parachuting in from the moon, that isn't going to happen in my opinion. But we are on a rolling type operation that is continuing to fight one another. And this is one of these fights. We don't have a seat at the table. So taking a look at something like the space aircraft, the spaceship that just landed, it's from a low Earth orbit or at least within satellite orbits. And then tying that in with ascension and focus. I think that's great research, Duncan. Really good job. Thank you. Yeah. And like I said, it's this, it, and, and I would, the, the newer cues, I think we both agree that we are very skeptical about the legitimacy of them. Um, however, the way that this tied in kind of changed my mind on that a little bit because this was a little bit too accurate of stuff that your general population has no clue about. Well, I also, we've also noticed that the Q this posting now is not the Q of old. 
And there's been three, no. in my opinion, there's been three cues. There was the original cue that was highly cryptic, but very empowering because it really stimulated a, a mass of people to research. And regardless of where people are with Q, there can be no denying that the original Q, which lasted until about July of 2019, just happens to coincide with this change of command with Dumford, just so I pointed out, because most of the Q folks missed it because they don't understand how the military works. Dumford came in in July and Q went dark. And then Q resurfaced after Millie took over. That was a that was about a hundred days. And now what that accounts for is a left seat, right seat, or right seat, left seat, right, which means that Dumford came in, was in Millie came in and was shadowing him for thirty days. Then what happens is that Millie then does his job and Dumford shadows him for thirty days to make sure that the change of command is done correctly. And then Millie has thirty days to put together his new operational plan to present it to the military. That was the span, effectively, of the time the queue went dark. So what came out of that was a new queue. And we all, anybody had a half a brain picked it up because of the, the way the posts were going were no longer the same. These new posts are equally different. They're, they're quite a bit more specific. They're quite a bit less cryptic. And there's some stuff in here that I just don't buy anyway. But the only reason that we're really focusing on this tonight is it does bring in some issues that have brought our attention to some bigger operations. And that's, that's why I think that people need to hear this because they, as this channel, as you know, and I think you're the same, we don't spend a lot of time on Q anymore where we did. But it is important nonetheless to try to put these pieces together and see what's going on. Now, have, you've done some other work here, and I, I want you to talk about what you've been looking at on Twitter. Yeah, so the big thing that I noticed on Twitter is, you know, we, we all feel the same way about Musk. I don't trust the guy. But just like you, I will give credit where credit is due. And the biggest issue I think that most of us in the world agree is standing up for the innocence of our children. One of the biggest problems with Twitter over since it's um, basically since it became a, a site was child trafficking was all over. There were profiles um, of child exploitation, child trafficking, child sex exploitation all over Twitter. There's been groups that have been designated just to hunting these people down. So what happened when Elon Musk ended up purchasing this is he went in and he fired 75% of Twitter. Now, Twitter is actually running as good, if not better now, without that 75%. Um, and then I started to notice that all of these sites that we were complaining about with the child porn, with the child, um, child sex exploitation, everything started disappearing. So 75% of what was on Twitter is now gone. Now, for a long time, I thought that there were third-party people that were using this platform in order to sell these children into sex trafficking. And they were just being ignored by the people at Twitter um, workforce that were being paid to ignore this. Now, I'm starting to wonder if those people that were working at Twitter were actually the ones who were running these sites. I don't and think you're wrong once, on this, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, once he came on and he got rid of them, or, you know, because basically they've either removed these sites or these sites have removed themselves because they know what's coming. Now, even the poll that took place recently, which I was not a fan of, like, why are you going to have a poll to bring back Trump? So I'm convinced now that either way, no matter how that poll turned out, Trump was coming back, where they were going to allow him back on. Um, I think what this was was a bot trap. 
in order to um, get all the bots in one spot, make them easier to locate and get rid of. So when we talked about that last night, and Elon even admitted that in one of his, I didn't find the post today, but I read it the other day. He said that what they've learned of the bot traffic, he made a comment kind of offhandedly, the bot traffic was inordinately high. We've learned a great deal for future posts of how to limit bot traffic. So I do think it was a honeypot. I do think he did that intentionally to draw out the bots because that's been a big problem. I do want to point out something else, though, that relates to what you just said about the Twitter folks running child sex trafficking. If people were paying attention, one of the things that's came out about this blue check and one of the reasons that Hollywood got so upset about it, which now is even complicated more by what you just said, is that while they heard that their blue check was now available for eight bucks and they're like, this is ridiculous, we're going to move away. Well, the reason they're upset is the blue check represented a massive amount of dollar payment to Twitter. So they were dumping in 15, 18, 20, $50,000 for a blue check. And I'm betting now from what you just pointed out, I'm betting that had to do with access to child trafficking. I think it had, and, exactly. and it was probably another a laundering scheme to even buy kids. We've seen that happen on Wayfair with the selling of furniture and using that to, to high price furniture that was being used to sell kids. I'm betting that what we're here seeing on Twitter was they were using those high dollar check blue check things to literally be able to buy or get access to kids. That's my guess. Exactly. And, you know, by no means am I trying to say, I agree that what Musk has done is brilliant. It's awesome. We're all happy about that. But that brings us back to the fact is, are we dealing with good guys versus bad guys? Are we dealing with two elite factions that are fighting each other? Um, one just happens to be okay with the child stuff and the other one's not cool with it. I th and you know how I feel. I think this is an, a, a war between elites. I think there's basically a three-step war, or it's a, it's a three, ch three paths. And I think that this particular phase is the elites, which are fighting each other. We don't have a seat at that table. And they're ravaging each other. And one side will ultimately prevail. I think our role in this quite significantly is to continue to identify truth and then from that, I do think that the evolution is that you're going to even see the elites that win this fight will ultimately be dismantled. Now, that leads us to another interesting thing that has popped up. And again, you did some great research on this, and that is the Supreme Court docket issue that's supposed to demand a, re a reply by the 23rd. That's Wednesday. Thoughts? Yeah, so the 23rd, um, I have not found out when this was actually put into effect. But the 23rd is the date deadline. It's sitting in front of Supreme Court. I verified it. It is on SupremeCourt.gov. So this isn't just somebody coming up with a fantasy. And it specifically mentions in there the removal of a, a befitting president and vice president, as well as sitting, some sitting Congress and Senate. And I believe that this is actually sitting in front of, a, of Justice Thomas. I think that's right. And so that's pretty significant because the number of people that are listed on that docket that are being incriminated with this are high level. This includes the removal of a sitting president and a vice president. It, re it includes the removal of something like 300 people in Congress. Now, I'm going to throw the big caution to the wind on this because when this thing first came out, I was a big like, no way. It's not. And I'm still very cautious. Again, I want to emphasize the point of the show tonight is just to make everybody aware of some of the moving pieces that are out here. 
But do yourself a favor. Don't start drawing conclusions or suggesting that we're drawing some conclusions like the big events coming and you're going to hear a storm is upon us and suddenly everybody's going to be running for the bunkers and you're going to have med beds parachuted from the sky and space forces jumping from the moon and the military is rolling down your streets and all the all the all the liberals are going to be rounded up and put into FEMA camps and the patriots are going to jump around the streets and sing kumbaya and put on Trump hats. That's not what we're saying. Just so we're clear. Yes. <laughs> Keep your eyes focused on God. The only thing that we can rely on. Right. So that that's that's keep this thing reasonable tonight. But there is a lot of there are a lot of moving parts. And there was an interesting thing here too, and this was brought to my attention by our great Mod Bear. Did you track the uh, aircraft that were moving across Las Vegas that had call signs and then were like disappearing? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I saw that a little bit earlier. Okay, and that I think Monkey covered that. By the way, you know, the air traffic stuff we're not covering a lot tonight. There's no better person on the globe, in my opinion, to cover air traffic movement and see what's going on than Monkey at Monkey Works. So, it's his domain. I don't, I don't have a, I can't even hold a candle to what he does. And I really, if you want to see some really interesting looks at what's going on in the military side, Monkey gives you a really level, level analysis of what's going on highly recommend him and uh, another one is um because i was just drew a blank because i was going to tell you about another one uh, about weather warfare uh, mike morales there's another one if you want to see what's going on in weather for example and see how they're shaping the weather and what they're doing to affect weather and use it as a weapon system that's another one to follow is mike morales he's on youtube he's on uh d live i think um, or Discord, one of the two, but he's definitely on YouTube still, surprisingly. So there's two if you really want to dig into high specialties and see what's going on that are really, really good. Now, the one thing I, I think people really need to understand here, and Duncan, if I may, I'm going to jump into a little bit of perspectives on information warfare, and then we'll come back to more of your research, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. There's some principles of information warfare I think that really need to be reinforced, and I've talked a lot about these over the time of this channel, which is a lot, but I don't think people have really settled in to exactly what we're dealing with here, okay? When you're dealing with, first of all, information warfare, there is no war, form of warfare that is more damaging to a culture, to a people, than information warfare. I will say that information warfare is more destructive even than nuclear warfare because of what it does to the mind. Information warfare attacks two principal issues. It attacks truth and it attacks trust. And when you break both of those down, you're left with not having any ability to have civil society at all. And that's essentially what this war is doing, and it is having a corrosive effect over time. Now, this is not an easy way out of this. I just want to be clear about this, okay? And you, you're, we're going to have to understand that through all of this, this, continues, this is going to continue to squeeze everybody more and more on the idea of, or on the principles of what we're going to have to find and anchor into. Okay, we have a situation in this time when we lack a strong pulpit in the nation. We lack any sort of form of leadership of any stature in this nation. And we have a raging information warfare out here, war going on that has no limits and no bounds. So the only way through this ultimately is the one thing that we talk about all the time. Duncan does, I do. It's very principally fundamental, and that is the idea that through faith, they we are going to get through this. 
But in a, on a whole, and I mean this, Americans are not ready for this type of war. We've done a great job of waging this type of war overseas, but we have never been prepared for it to come on board here. And to really understand where we are right now, you have to understand that we don't have a constitution. They're telling you we do. We don't. They're, the two sides are playing it out differently. One side is telling you that the Constitution is corrupted and isn't working. The other side is trying to mimic the idea that somehow the Constitution is in play. Neither one are true. The Constitution is suspended, was suspended officially in 9-11 with the Patriot Act. And right now, from everything I can tell, we're dealing with the law of war. Now, this is important because this is not devolution. I'm not a fan of devolution. I think you know that. And from what I'm seeing recently and and uh, Duncan, I'm going to have you jump in on this because I think you saw the same thing I did. The I, devolution looks to be just another PAY triad scam. What do you think? No, I agree with you. Um, it's basically getting everybody sitting back and waiting. How do you stop the people that are most likely to revolt against the tyranny in this world? You come up with methods to pacify them. And I believe that this is a pacification method. I, I agree. And this is a problem even with, with the way Q has been interpreted. Q as, a, as an interpretation has led to many to be complacent. This is why I'm, you and I talked about this before the show tonight. I don't do a lot of shows like this, and I know you don't either, because the reaction very often is people are like, oh, the military's coming, they're going to fix it. This is not exactly what you think it will be, nor is it what you want. Unfortunately, I think this is where we are cascading. And then you have to ask, what are you going to get for your willingness to give up once again your liberties and your freedoms to another agency that's supposed to be working on your behalf? That's literally where I see we are. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I do, because I, I feel like hope, hope itself is important. You know, we, we need to have that sense of hope. But hope can also be dangerous because when you hope too hard, you can perceive something differently than it's meant to be perceived. And I believe, you know, Q, you know, just an example is when Q says the whole truth will be revealed. You know, we're all like, yes, the truth's going to come to the world and everything's going to be saved. But that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, truth can come, but it's going to come one way or the other, whether it's exposed by the white hat or um, when the deep state just doesn't care anymore and they just start, you know, being more forceful and, and in the public. And like I said, that's where hope gets dangerous is because we start to perceive things the way we want to rather than the way they are. I, I absolutely agree. Here's something to keep in mind is when we're dealing with an information war, it is truth is the weapon and truth is the target. It's both of those things. And so trust is the victim ultimately. So you, you, you can't fight this type of war without those fundamental truths, which is truth is a target, truth is a weapon, truth is and trust is a victim. And you can't win it without mastering those tools of war. So this is a real interesting conundrum from where we are. And we are dealing with a war that is centered on perception on what people believe truth is. So with this, you arrive at a point where you can't have a society that survives this if it's lacked the fundamental, if it has destroyed or lost the fundamental belief in truth and trust. And so this is where faith becomes one of the most essential pivots and rocks that we stand on because it's only through there that you can wage this, survive this storm. Information warfare is deadly in its, and because its, its effects last generations. 
And it leads to massive amounts of distrust. It allows for histories to be written distortedly. People ignore lessons from the past. They focus too much on the future. There's all sorts of things that happen. And in this this disconnecting from reality, like you said, hope then becomes its own fantasy. Right now, we can see little crumbs, and people will literally build mountains out of it. So you can you can say that you know you take anything that Trump implies, and suddenly you've got an entire mountain out of it. Like you know, well, hey, they, the dumbs. The, the, this is the great one that drives me crazy, and it is literally like, okay, the dumbs have been cleared. We've got hundreds of thousands of children that are being freed. They're emptying them out, and they're these are dumbs are blowing up all over the world, and the military is now taking them over, and this is then they're freeing the children. It makes a fantastic story. Where is the proof. Where are the receipts? And we don't see any, right? Nope. Zero. So th- this is a real problem. Oh, yeah. That, this is where um, the information warfare is more powerful than even your regular state of war. Is The fact is that you can get an enemy to destroy themselves with information warfare. I think that's perfectly said. And in fact, I would argue that to a large degree, the Q movement has disemboweled itself since... Or over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of these groups now coalesce together. There was a great research I sent to you earlier today on how they have actually been working together to create their own echo chambers and to limit patriot voices that contradict them. This is patriots within a within the patriot movement, and this isn't a, this isn't something you can. It's conjectured. There's we can show it. We can show how they've coalesced, who's been funding them, where they've been coalescing from, where the training's been happening, and we can see what they've been doing. And some of them are anti-Trumpers intending to cause division within the patriot movement. Again, if you're following politics and Trump and you're not keeping your anchor and your eyes on Jesus first, you're going to get deceived by a lot of these things. And it doesn't allow you to have a rather discerning and open view towards information and knowledge. Instead, you get wrapped up in the emotions of the crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of do all of my research the same way. Is when I go into research, I don't go in looking for an answer. I go in looking for the answer. So I'm not going in trying to find what I want to see. Um, and I'm the same way as you are. Is I have a tendency to look at everything from the good guy's side and the bad guy's side. And then I deduct which one is going to be getting the most out of it, which is most likely to be Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor is becoming very difficult because they've learned the, the better we get at research, the more disinformation they need to put out. And it doesn't just go to disinformation and misinformation. It also goes with media suppression. A great example of what's taking place over in Brazil right now. How many people in this world know that there's millions of people gathered right now in Brazil trying to overturn this election? If it wasn't for independent researchers doing our due diligence, we would have no idea because the media isn't touching it. No, they're not. And this is part of the blackout we're dealing with creates a mass amount of confusion in people and continues to create the the echo chambers again that they can feed very, very quickly. Now, what other research were you doing? Because I know you had quite a bit we wanted to cover. Yeah. Okay. So another one was big and you and I discussed this looking at the same way. So normally in a regular, a regular election, I suppose, um, power wouldn't be switched over until people were sworn in in January. That would include the Speaker of the House, which is Pelosi right now. But it seems as though there's already been a power change. And you and I both agreed on this, and, and it's very odd. So 
one thing that I was looking at when I was, um, you know, going through all the elections, I was looking to see um, Omar, Tlaib, AOC, and how they were doing against their opponents. So of all of the election that they talked about, they never once talked about any of those three. And those are loud now. You figured that that would be one that they would want to talk about on the news about their election. So on election day, I searched everywhere. I went national um, election polls or, uh, you know, election results. I went state election results. And I could not find anything on either one of those three. Now, they supposedly won, but we were told that they won. And it's the same thing on election day. You have the little ticker at the bottom that we call the lower third that has all the results of every election. And they never once mentioned Omar, AOC, or Tlaib, which I thought was a pretty interesting and pretty big deal um, that I couldn't even find the results when I at, when I was adamantly looking for them. Well, this is interesting because here's a couple of things that I'll point out in Oregon that's a blue state, and it's um, it's really interesting to fair, kind of parallel what you were finding. Number one, our bisexual train wreck of a governor, Kate Brown, who is officially not out yet, has been in, in absentee for almost a year. No one's really seen her. And in addition to that, when Biden came to the state to visit, and if there's anybody in the world that is a butt sniffer to Biden, it's it's Kate Brown because she wanted a position as administration. She was gone, apparently visiting and doing a tour in Asia. That's unprecedented. And it's because she would never miss such an opportunity if she was really wanting what she said. And she was fighting to get a position within the administration. Secondly, Tina Kotek, who's now our self-proclaimed lesbian train wreck that now just won and beat the Republican has not even had a celebration party for her supposed victory. Take Wyden, who's another one who looks like he's had about 50 plate uh, facelifts. He looks more like a, like a bio bio drone than he looks like a human being. He hasn't even comp- come out publicly and made public statements on the victory of the Democrat governor. A lot of strange things happening right now and a lot of silence on the part of Congress and congressional people, celebrations that should be there. And, of course, then we have McCarthy, who has now been revealed to be linked to FTX and yeah. the money trail that led to a, 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 a hate Trump group. Go ahead and talk about that. Yes, yeah, so just a couple of the people that were involved in the FTX thing, which is pretty big. And I'm wondering if this all connects into each other. So. We had many Democrats that got funded from FTX. Not a surprise. One of the big ones that stuck out to me the most was Hakeem Jeffries. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is running to be the leader of the Democrat uh, minority. Um, then you had McCarthy, McConnell, Mikowski, Collins, and a couple, and Mitt Romney, and a couple of other Democrats that were also fed money from the FTX. All happened to be the rhinos that are anti um, mag so I have a feeling that this is all about to come caving down on them. And that may be part of the reason they're being quiet, because another one that stuck out to reverse it was the Boebert election in Colorado. They, um, she just ended up winning like two days ago. So well after the election, she was only like uh, 2,000 votes ahead, which is then the uh, recount majority. But her opponent conceded. Now, we know that the Democrats just don't roll over. They would have hung in there. They would have done a recount. So the question is, is why did he concede? And I'm wondering if because if they were to do a recount, it would have showed their fraud. So they were better off backing out rather than pursuing forward. 
Yeah, I mean, that goes back to your comment about Pelosi, and I want to go back to that because I don't think people all caught the significance of what you're saying, is that we have, I've never seen a Speaker of the House resign openly like I'm done when we haven't even had the new Congress take place and the elections haven't even finished. Pelosi isn't that way. She will fight to no. the end. There is still, a, there's always that wild card chance that even with the new Congress that they would support her unless there was more going on. So again, these are some really interesting anomalies to point out. Now, another thing I want to jump into is Z Battalion. And this is, takes us to Ukraine and the lead element in the Russian fight. And you and I talked about this the other day because of the, and when this has a John F. Kennedy link. So I just want to bring this up. Z Battalion was originally part of a Z Special Operations Unit that dates back to World War II that was in part made up of New Zealanders and Australian Special Operations teams. The Z Battalion, Z Unit, was the one responsible for saving John F. Kennedy, rescuing him when his PT boat was sunk. Later, fast forward to John F. Kennedy Jr., on his right shoulder was a tattoo of a Z with lightning bolts through it. And again, very similar to what we see in the symbolism of the Z Battalion in Russia. But what's even more interesting is that symbol is very similar to the flash of special forces. So one of the things that you and I talked about, which I found extremely interesting, was that Z Battalion all are wearing scarves or masks. And it it would be the ultimate way to put foreign troops under a Russian flag and nobody would know they were there because all you see are eyes with sunglasses and a mask over their face. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, there was something that you pointed out last night that was absolutely brilliant. Okay, Russia is a hodgepodge. You've got white people, black people. You've got pretty much a little bit of everybody. Um, And when you're looking at their eyes, the only one I think that would stand out would be Asians. But look where Russia is situated. They've got their own Asian culture. So even that wouldn't be strange. And then once again, the tattoo that John F. Kennedy Jr. had, it's not like he walked into Atomic Tattoo and pointed at the the Z on the wall and said, I want that. It was a very specific choice. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. It's like, I like that Z battalion, but but, uh, tattoo, can you put that on my calf, please? No, it's not going to happen. Exactly. (laughs) No, it isn't going to happen. We do definitely see some big shifts and some unwindings of a lot of things. I don't think there's any question about that. The one thing I I think that is important to emphasize is, and this is, again, where I'm pretty critical of the Q movement, is that they all anticipate this sort of sudden change of events. Now, here's another one, and I think the most level response here was probably the follow-up of what you shared with me with um, Plastic Girl reporting last night. But this is the Trump coming back on Twitter. Now, of course, everyone's sitting here with, like, all the Q folks are sitting there with, clinging onto their desk, waiting for that great moment. The storm is upon us, patriots. And that's famous tweet that Q told us to look to Twitter to find. And, of course, they're all with their go bags, and they're ready to jump into their bunkers, and they're going to eat their cans of tuna, and they're going to survive off of that in, in bottled water for the rest of their life while the nuclear fight happens, and they go into their information war and release their meme cannons or whatever the hell they're going to do because it's that sort of thing. But the, the reality is, is that I – there is a positioning here, and Plastic Girl Reporting brought it up, is that is President Trump heading into, I'm actually I'm just going to let you speak, because you were the one that shared it with me, is he heading into getting ready to be arrested? So go ahead and talk about that. Exactly. And they were saying that the possibility of everything that's going on with the speeches, the way that they're trying to push forward, because you got to remember, one thing that I will go back to Q, Q said that you cannot um, investigate 
a political opponent, which is exactly what they're doing right now. Um, and at first I was wondering, why did Trump you know, throw his hat into the ring so early? And this may be it, because he's forcing them to pull something that would be done illegally. And, and if they were to arrest him, like uh, Plastic Girl said, wouldn't it be interesting if right before he was arrested for, or indicted, that he went to Twitter and just posted that one post that we're all waiting for. My fellow Americans, the storm is upon us, dot, dot, dot. Right. And this ties back to something that President Trump has implied a couple of different ways or said and implied. One is that to his arrest would cause a cataclysmic response. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not using his words exactly, but um, an unbelievable response from patriots. And then he's also said, as he said in his latest speech, which there's a lot of truth to this. That even though people are waking up, we still don't have enough people awake in this country. We know that. That's a true fact right there. And, of course, then we have this whole other thing of the vax. And this is a, just a nightmare to unwind. Because what we are dealing with here is a society that's truly divided. And there really is no way through this thing without going. I don't know how we're going to get through this, especially with so many people that are pissed off, angry and and hateful on this thing that want vengeance. This is not going to be an easy step. So we, we do have a lot of complications in all of this to get to a point of having any sort of potential or modicum of stability. And this is a very long trajectory on a fight. The idea, and this is where I was going to start with this, the idea that this is going to be a short pull event meaning we're going to have 10 days of darkness and it's all going to be good, be done in 30. You pointed this out, I believe, when we were saying it, and, and I'm going to give you a lot of credit on this because your comment was, I wonder if Q meant 30 years. And I think you're dead exactly. on. I think you are dead yeah. on now. Exactly. We're all hoping 30 hours, 30 days, okay, 30 weeks. We'll, we'll move the goal again, 30 months. No, 30 years. Now, I think that's realistic. And I think if we do, if we go back to wandering in the desert, there's a, we can look at that as generational and, and die out, right? That it took yeah. two generations to die off, to leave the principles of slavery behind and be able to embrace the new directions ahead. So this, this is going to be a very long fight. And the part that I keep talking about is constantly who's, what's not being talked about. And I think these are big events because we're not talking about the CBDC. We're not talking about food shortages, right? And we're definitely not talking about the, the vax and stopping it. These critical issues tell me that the people in power are either they don't consider they consider it non sequiturs, meaning they're so obsessed with the fight that they're between themselves that those events they're just going to be consequential, or they are they're basically on board with the outcomes of where that's going to go. It's a matter of who takes the helm. What's your thought? No, I, I agree with that, too. And this is why it's more important than ever that we focus on God. First and foremost, do our job, spread the gospel, bring people to Christ. Number one job, because all we can trust is God. God can't lie. And as long as we're focused on doing the righteousness, we're not focused on, on our judgment. Because you said it before, there's a huge difference between God's judgment and our judgment. Our judgment can come from hate in our heart. God's judgment is the only judgment needs to be. So we need to be calm. We need to, you know, not pull our swords out. We need to be ready to pull them out, but not pull them out until the time's right and utilize this time that God's given us to do his service right here on this earth. Because like you said in the Bible, nothing ever happens fast. No, and it, it doesn't. And this, the time frames that we of our expectations are not God's time frames. And there's a lot of things that 
we have to start realizing that are going to take an enduring period, but it means that we have to press harder into these fights, keeping an, a situational awareness of the moving parts that are influencing things, but at the same time being well aware that these events are not going to unfold the way we want. My personal opinion on this, and the, and I'll let you chime in on this, is that we are seeing the first, we aren't even, we're still in pregame of the fight. We're starting to get into the main body of the fight, which is literally a fight between elites. We're the pawns on the table. We have a significant role, and that role is ultimately you either take a side, which I think is a bad choice completely, or you take a position to walk with God, which puts you outside of their fight and puts us on a track which is completely different than theirs. They will have their fight. There will be a new leadership that will rise up. My guess that that will be based on law of war. This country will endure a period of probably 30 years of law of war, which will be a massive shakeup for everybody because it will be a rewrite on accountability. And I think they're going to have to do this because I think Americans have lost so much principal issue on how to be citizens how to live in a republic, how to be live in, in sovereignty, how to live freedom with and with liberty, and they don't understand personal accountability. So my personal opinion is we're going to head into a very harsh level of justice framed on the law of war where consequences will deliver direct action. And if that's the case, I can almost assure people that that's going to require mass surveillance to achieve that. What's your thought? Yeah, and that's a scary, scary thought. Mass surveillance, digital um, IDs, on everybody. And you and I have said, we've got our red flag. We have our line in the sand and that would be digital ID. That's the beginning of it. Next step is digital currency on and on and on and on. And don't get comfortable. Even if it looks like, you know, things are going our way in the white hat, keep your eyes on God because you got to remember if we can see the devil's plan, it's not the devil's plan. I think that's the truth right there. Cause there's a lot of, there's so much of this play going on here. This is another thing, too, about the deep throats that keeps supposedly leaking out Q stuff. I'm gonna, I don't know who's on the Q team. Let's be clear. I have no clue. I don't even, I, my personal opinion is Q is a Russian based op anyway, which in talking to Nate Kane, which was interesting, is he and I had a long discussion about this recently. And oh, by the way, Nate Kane is going to be running for office. For, I'm going to get him on the show. Nate Kane is running as representative for the West Virginia District 2. U.S. representative for West Virginia District 2 coming up. So that's big news. But anyway, um, Nate Kane and I were talking about this and saying that how in the FBI, the group that he trusted, and they were basically doing counterintelligence and some of the cyber intelligence around Q had come to the same conclusion that I had, that Q was a Russian-run operation. I don't think there's – I the more I look at it, I think that makes sense because the last thing the Russians would want is like a Hillary – mafia network getting control of the nuclear codes in my personal opinion oh yes so i don't know i mean we're gonna have to see where this goes um there's a lot to unravel and it will continue to unravel i think the biggest my personal opinion on all of this is just to keep it level um pay attention i don't think anything is going to be as dramatic as people think it's going to be i think it's going to be to a certain degree relatively uneventful for a lot of ways other than the cost of food going up pretty high you're going to see a. You're going to see some very, um, in select markets. You're going to see food shortages. I think you're going to see fuel increases continue to rise, and it's going to squeeze Americans pretty heavily. And unless we figure it out how to come together, I think it's going to be pretty brutal. Nobody's going to survive this thing on their own. No, and 
that's the brilliance of God knew this. God knew this. He woke people up. He brought us all together. We call it Barge Nation. And guys, we're probably one of the more prepared families on this earth right now. And I give a lot of that thanks to you, Scott, for getting people prepared so that we're not caught off guard. We're ready with the food, the rations that we need so that we can keep our focus on what's important. I appreciate that, Duncan. You've done a great piece too. And we really share this and it's just a continued echoing of these voices out here to keep us all on these kind of common paths moving forward, the county by county model to make sure that we're focused, ready to sustain and building community. I mean, I can't stress it enough the, the things we have to listen to and the directions we have to go to prepare, not only to have food set aside, but be able to replenish that with seeds and growing capability. If you can get into animal husbandry of any fashion, I don't care what it is. I'm not a big, I wouldn't, if you're a Peruvian, I think you'd probably want to start raising guinea pigs. I wouldn't because I don't think a boiled deep fried guinea pig looks attractive to eat, but they do. But anyway, whatever that protein issue is that you are into cattle, um, goats, whatever that is, choose that and start pursuing that as well, because we're really talking about something much bigger than just um, ourselves. We're talking about community. We're having to have stocks set aside to be ready to support each other in a pretty difficult time ahead. Yes. Duncan, we're going to do a prayer. I'd like to ask you to start and I'll finish. How's that? That sounds great. But real quick before we start, um, I just had something pop up here. So apparently Hannity tonight talked about Hillary Clinton's deleted emails and ended up bringing up the fact that her emails were also found on Anthony Weiner's laptop. So this is coming into the, the forefront again. Yeah, and this is the cycle of events. And I, I just so I'm going to capstone that with this. And this is a very hard thing to appreciate about information warfare. Everybody wants results. And unfortunately, we have people that are out here demanding results now, agitated because there's no results. Information warfare doesn't work like that. And this is predominantly an information warfare war. Information warfare works on saturation, repetition, until it becomes common dialogue. If we look at how we talk about things from the from two, six, eight years ago to where we are today, there's been a tremendous arc of development in how we are openly talking about things. And here is how I'm going to finish it before we go to prayer. I, had a, I have a new dentist, and I went in today, um, thanks for covering the show, by the way, to do a teeth cleaning. And so I sit down with my hygienist and she says, what do you do? And I said, well, I run a podcast. And I said, it's kind of big. And she's like, oh, she says, what is it? And I told her and she says, well, what do you cover? And I said, uh, the theme of the show is always knowledge and faith. And she says, well, and, and what does that mean? I said, well, we do, everything's structured around our relationship with God and Jesus. And then I put that in context of the current events. And this is the next thing she says. She goes, oh, really? She goes, do you cover harp and do you do you cover weather warfare <laughs> wow that's awesome i mean that's like out of the left field man and i'm like Yo, uh, yeah. i'm like uh yeah we do a little bit of that i said i don't do it as much as other people but yeah and then she's like you know i you know how i got red pill i go tell me she goes the federal reserve she goes and i was so mad she said i called my dad and i was like did you know this about the federal reserve and then so it began. That was my entire, like everything we talked about was just this massive arc of events. This is random. And it goes to this place where it ends with her saying, you know, God put on my heart 
that we're going to have to help feed the community. So we've been stocking up big time. And now they're growing wheat. They've never grown wheat before. I mean, this is the type of things that God's moving bigly in this, and we really need to pay attention. We all are going to have to carry a responsibility and a weight, not just for ourselves and not just fighting the this, the mythical Nephilim or whatever we're going to do. This is going to be a literal fight based on us building community and waging a war to protect our communities. And I think that's where it's coming down to. Oh, heck yeah. And like I said, it's no different than my dad going to his doctor talking about patriotism and him going, the doctor going, you need to watch this podcast. It's called Bard's FM. <laughs> well, did you tell that story? No, I had this first time I'm telling it. Well, then tell it again because I don't think they got it because you did it too quick. Yeah, so my father was uh, getting his checkup. This was um, a couple weeks ago. And my stepmother was wearing something Trump. So he felt comfortable talking about patriotism and starts going off, kind of sounding like we do. And then the doctor was like, listen, if you want to know more, you need to listen to this podcast. It's called Bards FM. And my dad was like, hmm, my son works with somebody named Bards of War. (laughs) And it turns out that the guy even knew who I was. Because he listens to Bard's FM. So if you're listening right now, thank you for pilling my father. That's it, man. That's totally awesome. So <laughs> it's all over. We're, we're, we're creating a global revolution, which is pretty great. Well, Duncan, I'm going to let you start the prayer and I'll finish. Let's go. Absolutely. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you have blessed us with. Thank you for this extra day that you gave us so that we could serve you in the greatest ways we can. Lord, I ask more than anything right now that you give us patience, the same patience that you had with us while we were looking for that relationship. Allow us to have that patience with others as we try to help them have that same relationship with you. Dear Lord, you are the one that saves souls, but down here on this earth, we can lead people to the one that can save souls, and that is you. Dear Lord, I am more grateful and honored just to have this relationship with you every day. So dear Lord, I ask that not only you work in the hearts of our enemies, but you work on our hearts more and more every day so that we can just have a more loving and a more joyful relationship with you every day. Become better people, become what you had intended, and to make this earth what you had intended. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all together. And I ask that you give us each discernment to know what our part in this war is. You have prepared us since we were little kids for the moment that we're here today. You chose us to be your warriors during this time, and I am grateful, and we are all grateful. But dear Lord, for those that don't know their part in this war, encourage them. Let them know what their skill is, and let them know that nothing that we do for you is remotely insignificant. It has the power to change everything from this day forth, just like it did over and over again in our scripture. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing me in contact with all these beautiful people in chat, Bard's Nation, for Scott, for Raina for Jeff, for Conley, and all these just amazing people that are in my life that help me to be a better person every day and allow me to return the favor to help them. Dear Lord, we need your strength right now to bring us together in unity so that when one of us stumbles, another is there to lift us up. In Jesus Christ's heavenly name we pray. Amen. Father, we just stand to thank you for this great hour that we've spent here today and doing what we always do, just exploring the boundaries of truth and expanding the base of knowledge. 
And Lord, as we do this walk, we just ask that we'll constantly keep our eyes and anchor on you with our feet rock solid on that rock of faith and our heart and eyes on Jesus and to you, Father. This is such an important time in the time of confusion and deception that we don't deviate from the word, but walk deeper within it, that we embrace the powers and gifts that you've given us, the glory of which you've given us, and the, the ability to have dominion over evil, truly to believe these things that we in fact can do greater works than he. Blessed by the words of Jesus in red letter language, let us not forget how great we truly are. Lord, this is a time that will challenge all of us, a time that we must rise to be a different type of warrior, a warrior that's bold and fearless like Christ, but a warrior that also walks like Christ. That means a warrior centered on the forgiveness and love in a most compelling way, in a most powerful way, that as we walk, it literally crushes our enemies and leaves them crushed and on their knees seeking repentance before you. For they will not see us, but they will see you, and they will see the light of Christ shining through us to ultimately bring them closer to the kingdom. Father, this is a time when kingdom authority is so important for each and every one of us, and to seek that, we have to have an intimate and personal relationship with you as the living God. Let us embrace that. Let us seek that. Let us live with that, and let us understand the power and mightiness that that's in us, that we have greater tools and we are greater equipped than anything the enemy can deliver. So in this time, Father, give us this discernment, give us this direction, give us this clarity in our thought, our minds, and our hearts as we walk forward to this, to conquer this enemy and reset this land in your name. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Duncan, I really appreciate you coming on. It's fantastic. It's been a while and I really enjoyed the conversation tonight. So you have your show then in about uh, 23 minutes, right? <laughs> yes, it is Non-Minsta Monday with the Conley and Goober Grape. Oh, and Goober Grape. I, I, I don't Goober. think. <laughs> and you're still wearing Our your unofficial... coat. <laughs> yeah, so what is Goober Grape? It is peanut butter and jelly for the lazy person. It's all in the same jar. Oh, is that, I didn't even think that was legal. Yeah, it, I'm so glad it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Duncan, have a very blessed evening. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely, man. And thank you for everything you're doing, man. I am blessed to have you in my life. Well, thank you, Duncan. And the feelings are mutual. We'll continue to have our great conversations. God bless, man. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you. Well, Patriots, that was Duncan, the Kilted Christian, one of our favorites and also part of the Bards Nation network we're building out. His show is in uh, now 22 minutes. It always follows every night at 7.30 Pacific time after the completion of Bards FM. I want to thank you for being with us tonight. I'll be back for Fishers of Men. Until then, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward 
by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 